Would you like predictable monthly income with annual returns up to 15% or more? Norada Capital Management offers you the opportunity to invest in promissory notes with fixed rates of return and monthly direct deposits. We provide investors with an effortless way to diversify beyond other investment options like stocks and bonds and even real estate. Our promissory notes have a high rate of return and are 100% passive. Interest is paid monthly, directly into your account, delivering truly effortless income. Many other passive investments offer rates of return in the 4-6% to range. Our promissory notes have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since conception. All notes are in good standing and Norada has a no-default history and reputation. And retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So if you're looking for an effortless investment with predictable monthly income and double-digit returns, then visit our website at noradacapital.com. Learn more at noradacapital.com today. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Question for you, how would you like to pay little to no taxes because you're an owner of real estate? You see, since 1997, increasing number of property owners have cut their current income taxes by using something called cost segregation. And with cost segregation, an owner of real estate can accelerate their depreciation and thereby reduce their federal income taxes for years. The benefits of doing a cost segregation or what's referred to as a cost segregation study can include immediate increase in cash flow, a reduction in your current tax liability, and that means the deferral of your taxes and the ability to reclaim quote unquote missed depreciation deductions from prior years. And you can actually do this without having to amend a tax return. So cost segregation is based on a fundamental principle. And that is that a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. This is also something known as the time value of money. And this same logic can be applied to tax deductions, because a tax deduction today is worth more than a tax deduction tomorrow. The major advantage of a cost segregation is not necessarily that it'll produce more depreciation deductions for you, but instead, due to the time value of money, the advantage of these front-loaded deductions can be quantified and is greater than had you taken those deductions spread out over longer periods of time using slower depreciation methods. So by accelerating a property's depreciation, you as an investor or any property owner can lower your tax liability and thereby realize a significant increase in cash flow because it's more money in your pocket, more dollars. And larger cash flow is a great thing because that's one of the main reasons why we invest in income producing real estate is for the cash flow and then the equity growth over time. So today my guest and I are going to dive into the topic a little deeper so you can learn more about the tax savings available to you through this. But first, let's have a quick word from our sponsor and then we're going to get to our guest right away. A quick message from our sponsor, Producers Wealth. MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth, is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investments to increase your financial efficiency 
and recapture the cash flow that you're not even aware that you're losing. MC shares the number one strategy of investors in his holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. It's my pleasure to welcome Alan Goldstein to the show. Alan is the founder of Imuna Cost Segregation. He is also an IRS enrolled agent, a Florida real estate broker, a Florida mortgage broker, and an expert in depreciation. And he is out to help taxpayers legally pay no taxes or very little on their real estate investments. And with that, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be on your show. I'm excited to have you because in my conversation with you, we were discussing cost segregation and what it can do and the benefits of it. And it wasn't something that I haven't heard before. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think we touched upon it in an older episode, but it was very engaging in listening to you talk about how it works and the tax benefits of it that I thought, geez, why isn't everybody using this? So we're going to get into the meat of this topic here soon because everybody wants to know how to save taxes and pay little or no taxes if they can legally. But before we get into that, Alan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ultimately got into cost segregation. Yes. As you mentioned, I'm an enrolled agent and I represent the taxpayers in problems that they have with the IRS, with state taxation. And over 5,000 cases have been done related to representation work. And one of the clients ended up having an issue with real estate and cost segregation. And that's how I was introduced to it. And ever since, I'm solely dedicated to cost segregation. And so are our partners and everything. We disposed of the other parts of the company. And now we're solely dedicated to this service to the investor community. Beautiful. What was your original background? Were you in real estate sales or on the mortgage brokerage side? Or where did you start with your career in real estate? Originally, it was in real estate as a sales associate. Then I became a broker. And then I mostly was handling businesses as business brokering and also handling the mortgage side for commercial lending and things like that. So that's how I started. And then that led into taxation, went through school obtain my license, and then that was tied to cost segregation, and that's where I am today. Excellent. So whenever I have a guest on and we're talking about a topic, especially if it's something that's a little bit technical, I always like to start with the basics, the most fundamental building block of the whole thing. And in this case, the question is, what is cost segregation? Maybe the question is, what is a cost segregation? But what is cost segregation? Sure. First of all, the term is a little confusing and sometimes is misunderstood. And in essence, what it is, is the IRS allows you to separate the components of a structure into different asset classes. And what I mean by that is an example. If you take a single family residence or a multifamily residence, we go ahead and we break that down. We break it down into foundation into the uh, floor structure, interior finish, exterior finish, electrical. All of those fall under different class lives, right? Five years, seven years, 15 years. But this is what happens. Most professionals and even investors, they'll lump all of the depreciation in one, meaning 
a single family residential, you depreciate in 27.5 years. So generally what they do to keep it easy is they take their basis and your basis is what your property costs you and your expenses. And then they'll divide it by 27 and a half. And then they'll go ahead and deduct just that every year, whatever that amount is. That's leaving a lot of money in the table because some of those components, up to 50% of it, you can go ahead and separate from a straight line depreciation and accelerate all of that depreciation and end up with a huge net operating loss, which is applied against your income. And then you either pay very little taxes or no taxes at all up to the next 15 years. So you're essentially taking your real estate and you're chopping it up into sections and each section is entitled by law, by IRS tax code to be depreciated on a different schedule. In other words, some of it may be three years, some five, seven, 10, 15, 30, whatever the case may be. And the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, is to take as much of that property of that real estate and accelerate the depreciation. So you're taking more of it sooner and faster, as fast as you can, so you can write off more of your taxes due from those real estate investments today instead of waiting until next year or the years to come. Is that a good summary of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's totally accurate. And there's different strategies that are used and everybody has a different reason for doing it, but you got it. That's exactly what it is. Okay, cool. So maybe it's kind of redundant to ask the question of why do a cost segregation? Because for me, what's right in front of my face is we want to pay low or no taxes. So maybe if you could just drill into that a little bit more in terms of why do a cost segregation, are there other reasons or benefits in doing it that we're overseeing here? Well, that's a great question. And the number one reason, of course, is to pay little or no taxes, but there's other reasons. For instance, there's estate reasons. There's taxation reasons in the sense that right now, let's say your LLC where you have your holdings might be a little bit low on cash or not what you projected in your cash flow. So in those cases, you can actually get the money back that you paid in taxation. And some people use it as an interest-free loan instead of going to the lender and saying, you know, I want a million dollars to do a rehab. It's going to incur all that expense and interest, et cetera. What some people do is they go ahead and they do the cost segregation and then they amend the previous returns and they get all of that money back from the IRS. And then they take that money and invest it in their rehab or to purchase other properties. So there's a bunch of reasons why. If you want to stabilize your income, you take the amount of depreciation from the report and then you say, no, I don't want to take 500000 this year. Let's revise the numbers and make it, I don't know, 100000 each year because I like round numbers. So <laughs> right. there's all sorts of reasons why people want to do this. So how far back can you go? Because that begs the question of if I can amend a previous year's tax return, how far back can I go in making amendments? That's a very good question. You are allowed to go back 15 years. That brings up a very important point. There's two types of cost segregation termination. In other words, the end of the process. 
you have one where you say, okay, you bought the building five years ago. You go back five years. You put in the basis. You split the building. You do a segregation or the single family residence. And then all of that lost depreciation that you didn't take, you can claim in this year taxation. And any balance that's left over is a net operating loss and you carry it over. Now, if you're in a situation where you need money for whatever reason, we can go ahead and up to four years, go back, do the study. And then for those four years, the IRS will go ahead and return to you all the missed money from depreciation that you did not. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one. Because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all your KPIs. That's your key performance indicators. In one efficient system with one source of truth, Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash real estate. That's netsuite.com slash real estate to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash real estate. Wow. Okay. So... I guess this is a conversation that would be between a real estate investor and their tax advisor or their CPA, because they would have to obviously analyze what they've paid in years past and what could be revised and then carried forward. Yeah, absolutely. We work either directly with the investor or we work with their professional, their CPA or their financial advisor or whoever it is. And then we go ahead and determine what's the best strategy for them to use based on what they want. And then we coordinate all the professionals together to make things happen for the investor. Now, when I say working with professionals, it's okay if you don't have a professional. We have clients that do their own returns and all of that. That's okay. We can take care of you also. So, you know, we're talking about saving taxes and paying low to no taxes. And this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Is it possible that a cost segregation causes an audit? Is that a risk? That is almost the number one question that I get asked. And the answer is it hasn't yet in thousands of studies. And it normally does not. In fact, there was an article released in the New York Times, I believe, October 14th, regarding Kushner the husband of Ivanka Trump, and how he uses cost segregation to pay no taxes. So for the past 10 years, out of $4 billion, 3 or $4 billion sold, he's only paid $1 million using cost segregation. And he has not been audited and is totally illegal. And it states in the article that there's nothing illegal about it or anything that triggers anything. Now, 
One of the forms that we complete is a form 3115 for the IRS. And we use a method that is called automatic acceptance. So in other words, we're not going to do this. And then somebody at the IRS is going to say, well, let me review this. And if I like it, I'm going to do it. If no, I'm going to deny the claim. It doesn't work like that. It's automatic acceptance because the theory is that a properly licensed individual like ourselves, like your professionals, knows what they're doing and the volume of work is not sufficient to justify getting someone and auditing all of these returns and putting them under the microscope before they grant it. So they call that automatic acceptance of the Form 3115. Okay. So maybe I'm making a little bit of an assumption here, but why don't most accountants mention cost segregation or talk about it or maybe even know about it? I mean, I can't imagine that most CPAs or professional tax advisors have never heard of cost segregation, but it appears to me that most accountants don't mention it or talk about it or even advise clients to look into it. Yeah, that's very common. The majorities of CPAs are not aware of it or don't understand it. So what ends up happening is like any specialty, let's say you become a medical doctor. Sure, you know about cardiology, you know about nephrology, you know all the different areas of the body but you become a specialist in a particular area. It's the same thing as a CPA. You have general CPAs, but mostly CPAs like to stay in an area that they can master. So let's say single family residential CPA will be very familiar with this process, but a CPA that does a 1040 easy forms at H&R Block or wherever they do it, <laughs> they're not going to because those type of public are not into investing. So those CPAs are not exposed to these advanced tax strategies that people that have higher income or are solely investors or real estate investors are accustomed to. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems to be somewhat of an area of specialty or at least special knowledge. Let me take a quick moment and recognize one of our great sponsors, Stamps.com. You know, I don't like waiting in line. It's a waste of my valuable time. I like to use Stamps.com because I can access all the services of the post office right from my desk. And I save valuable time driving to and from the post office. You know, these days you can get almost everything on demand. And that includes Stamps and all your postal services right there. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You literally just click, print, and mail, and you're all done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. So you have everything you need right there at your desk, just like I do right here on my desk. So give it a try. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top right of their homepage, type in PREI for our podcast, Passive Real Estate Investing, and get yourself a four-week trial that includes postage and a digital scale. So that's stamps.com, enter the promo code PREI. Let's just break this down, not to the nth degree, but just basically, how does a cost segregation work? Because I'm sure people are listening to this and they're wondering, okay, I get it. I understand what it's for or what it is and why I need to do it. But how does it work? What does it look like? Sure. There are several steps. The first step is to make sure that we have your basis calculated correctly. Almost every basis that we receive is calculated wrong. 
for instance, let's say right now you fired your CPA, you have 100 properties, and you don't like the last CPA, and you throw everything on the new CPA, but the previous CPA didn't do everything correctly. Well, the new CPA might transfer bases incorrectly, and therefore, right from the beginning, the numbers are wrong. So the first step is to calculate your basis correctly. And that means making sure that we have the purchase price in there, we have the sales tax in there, we have the closing cost in there and all that. Another point of confusion is that land cannot be depreciated. That is completely true. But what people fail to realize is that the cost of getting that land ready for that property, there's a cost to that. And that you can go ahead and depreciate, add to basis. And what I mean by that, let's say that you have to, it was full of rocks and now you have to make it into uh, solid dirt or whatever the case may be, or the foundation for a building and all that. You're not depreciating the land, but you're depreciating the expenses related to getting the land ready for the structure that you're putting on it. So once we have your basis, then we have to determine what type of property is it, right? Is it residential? Is it commercial? Is it industrial? Why do we determine that? Because there's other issues involved, right? EPA studies, phase one, phase two. So once we have that narrowed down, we know what type of assets correspond to what type of structure, right? So for instance, a single family residence is not going to have hopefully any uh, manufacturing equipment in that property. So we know that that section won't apply. That's what we do. And then we see if the person has all the documents, meaning it's a new construction, is it just that they purchased it? What documents are available? And then we go ahead and then we rebuild the property as if we were going to construct it today. And what I mean by that is that we get into the software and we say, this is a single family residence, a 3-2, located in Tennessee or wherever, nationwide. And then it's going to cost, as an example, 200000 to rebuild. And that 200000 is composed of, I don't know, 15000 for electrical, whatever the case may be. So we go ahead and rebuild that. And then we adjust it based on the basis amount. Meaning today it might be 15000 to do the electrical, but when you purchased it, it was 5000 as an example. Once we have that, then we go ahead and then we calculate the percentages, add anything else, right? You might have furnitures and fixtures, whatever the case may be. We add all of that in there. And then based on the segregation, the split of the structure, we go ahead and we generate the report. And the report is pretty complicated because we have to cite law, we have to cite cases, why this refrigerator was depreciated faster. And then we say, based on such and such case, that qualifies for accelerated depreciation. And that's it. So when you first started answering my question, it sounded like when you were talking about the land and those initial costs pre-construction, it sounded like those applied to builders, not specifically to real estate investors or even those that are passive real estate investors buying turnkey rental properties. But as you continue to answer that question, it sounded like it really doesn't matter what kind of investor you are or what you're buying, you can segregate virtually everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because let's say you provide a turnkey property, but there's something that you have to do to some part of the land in order to get that structure ready to be a turnkey property. So normally, let me clarify that for you, if you don't mind me. Sorry for interrupting. Sure. In the example you just cited, someone had to obviously clear or grade the land and build or renovate, depending on the situation, the property. But in that example, it's often not the real estate investor that's purchasing it because they come into the picture after the property's been completely renovated and it's ready to go, leased. In other words, it's a turnkey rental. They're not getting involved in that initial phase of dealing with the land or renovating. So the cost involved in doing that stuff, that doesn't apply to the investor on the end of that chain buying it as a turnkey rental. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I understand you completely. And in some cases you can because the land is not the total amount that's listed. And what I mean by that is sometimes the appraiser's office, tax assessors or whatever, every area has a different name. They might attribute, I don't know, $10,000 to the land. And sometimes that's not correct. Or sometimes the land is too high and you want to argue that to bring it low so you can take more of the structure. But generally, to answer your question, you're correct. That cost is already built into the property. So to explore it and it's not even worth it. So in those cases, what we focus on is land improvements, which the new buyer from these turnkey properties can go ahead and use the segregation for land improvements. You know, you spent right. such and such on flowers or whatever, a, a koi pond or whatever you did on the property. Sure. And tied with all that, it sounds like ultimately the goal is to have the land value as low as possible and the improvements as much as possible because what you're going to depreciate is always above the dirt. Absolutely. So as far as the land value is concerned, the IRS accepts different methods of land depreciation, but that's a totally different topic and very complicated. Okay. So having said all that, how long does it take to do a cost segregation? I know this is work that someone like you would be doing, not the investor themselves, but how long does it take to do a cost segregation? Right. If the basis is under a million dollars of the property, then that would take, I would say, around a week to do. If there's uh, tax returns and amendments, it might take long. So what we do is we set aside a time frame of about 45 days for the cost segregation, but it does not reach 45 days. The 45 days are for more complicated commercial and industrial facilities, which you know, are 100, 500,000 square feet, et cetera. And that takes a lot longer. So to directly answer your question, I would say for a typical single family residence, you're looking about a week without any amendments needing to be done to the returns or anything. Or if, if there are, then it depends on whoever does your amendments and the time they take. So so are, are there different ways to do a cost segregation? Don't go into a lot of detail on this, but high level, are, are there different ways to do a cost segregation or is it the same pretty much from one property to another? No, there's different ways of doing it, and it depends on what's presented. And what I mean by that is a new construction 
would require a different type of cost segregation report than a purchase. We have about, I believe, six of them, and it depends what you do. For instance, if you own multifamily apartments, we can use a sampling method. And what I mean by that is that generally all the two-bedroom apartments or whatever it is, the model is going to be very similar. So we can take one and spread it across the rest. But for single-family residents, it's very simple because the only thing that determines any difference is the square footage involved, which obviously adds to all the components of the structure. I see. Okay. Let me stop and say that if you're like me, the list of books you want to read or those that people suggest you read is never-ending and always expanding. You simply don't have the time to read them all. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must-reads once and for all. You see, Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling non-fiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements, so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone. With Blinkist, you will expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way, plus you can listen to it anywhere. I've been a customer for over a year, and I like to listen to Blinkist while I'm driving to and from my office or around the house when I'm doing work in the yard. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our audience. Go to Blinkist.com passive to start your seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist, spelled Blink, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com passive to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel anytime. Blinkist.com slash passive. So here's the million dollar question. How can a cost segregation generate or yield tax savings when it's not increasing the total depreciation or the depreciable amount? Maybe you can explain that. Sure. This has to do with net present value and things like that. So the core of it is that you're going to use that money that you did not pay in taxation and use it for further investments. I'll give you an example. You might do a cost segregation on a single family residence and then your tax saving is $25,000, let's say. You might put those $25,000 either towards the renovation of the property, which is going to increase the value and et cetera, or you might take it and purchase additional properties. And whatever you take that money and use it for, generally, as an investor, you know what you're doing. So it's going to give you a higher return than any possible taxation you may have in the future. So it's not that you're getting a credit or a tax refund after you do a cost segregation, whether in the present year or in a past tax year. Maybe that's the question I want to ask you is, what is the net result from a tax perspective Is it a credit? Is it a net loss that you would apply to future tax years? How does that look like? Sure, sure. It's not actually a credit. It has to do with depreciation loss, and usually it ends up in a net operating loss. So for example, if we do a 2018 study, and it says that your aggregate amount of depreciation should have been 380000 you can apply that to 2018 and forward until you consume those 380,000, unless you use the other method, which is to go back 
and do the amendments and then receive that money. So it shows up as a loss, a net operating loss that you apply to future years or past years if you're doing an amendment? Correct. Okay. Well, that's pretty simple then. And for people listening to this and they don't understand what we're talking about, it's just accounting lingo. And believe me, your tax advisor or your CPA will understand this and know how to apply it. So I think we're good there. I'm not sure what to ask you because this is <laughs> this is actually pretty clear at this point. At least for me, it is. I'm hoping it is for our audience. I mean, what else didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Well, one of the areas is bonus depreciation. Some components, not all of them qualify for bonus depreciation. And what I mean by that is that instead of turning the five-year property into actual deduction for the five-year, you can actually deduct the whole amount in the current year. So instead of dividing it by five, you end up getting the full amount in the same year on top of anything else that contains the uh, cost segregation. That's good for someone who has a large tax impact this year or that's coming up in the following year. You would obviously want to accelerate as much as you can and take advantage of bonus depreciation just so you can lower your tax impact in the current year or the upcoming year. Is that the general idea? Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, another point is the percentages involved. So if for single family residents, it can be basically up to 50%, between 30 and 50% could be uh, accelerated in depreciation. So it makes a big difference. Has anything changed this year with the tax changes, the tax reform? Has it changed anything in terms of cost segregation? I know there's accelerated appreciation. Yes, absolutely. A lot of the things were taken off, but the terminology for cost segregation and leasehold improvements, which is another area, and leasehold improvement means that you don't own the property, you lease the property, you made improvement, that qualifies for cost segregation. That was specifically added in there. Another change which benefits is the 20% pass-through that was passed which once that's incorporated into the numbers, it makes a huge difference in your taxation. How does that work? So 20% is for certain corporate structures. You can automatically take 20% off of the income for that structure before it passes to your personal level. And therefore, the theory is, because it depends on your profile, right? Yeah. Their space outs and things like that. The theory is that you would have to pay income on only 80% of your income and the other 20% in essence is deduction and you don't have to pay. So then we add the cost segregation amount to the 80% that you have to pay. So it becomes a great way to uh, save money on tax and increase your cash flow so you can continue in your investment if you're building portfolios or whatever the case may be. Right. Alan, one last question. Is there a minimum portfolio size or minimum portfolio value that is essentially a requirement for this to make sense? Or can anybody do a cost segregation, even someone who is new to real estate investing and they're just getting started They've got maybe one or two properties under their belt and they plan to buy more, but it's a small portfolio. Is that a good candidate? I mean, is this applicable to everybody? 
Yes, it is. And in essence, does it make sense for you to do it? When you contact any person that does these type of studies, the first thing you want to ask is for a cost-benefit analysis. And what that means is that they're going to ask you some basic questions. There are some calculators on websites and things. They're going to ask you some basic questions, what type of structure, the size, et cetera, the basis. And then right away, it's going to give you instantly a no-cost or result and say, based on your profile, this is how much it's going to cost you. This is how much you're going to save. Is it worth it? So generally speaking, it is. Now, I have dealt with portfolios that have houses that have very low bases, 20,000, 30,000. In those cases, I would say if it's one or two properties, it's not worth it. But if it's in a portfolio, wow, because all of that is cumulative. So it's definitely worth it. So it depends on the basis. And there's free calculators that would tell you, is it worth it for you? I assume those low cost basis examples you gave are very inexpensive properties, probably in the forty, fifty thousand dollars range, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One common area for that is Texas and Tennessee. Yeah. Are the ones that we've been exposed to the most in that area. Yeah. I don't think that applies for the most part to our clients and our audience here. They're generally acquiring in terms of single family homes, properties that are in the seventy to eighty thousand on the low end to about one thirty to one eighty on the high end. So when you start building a portfolio of that type of property, cost segregation starts to make a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Especially I would say if you were to hold me to the fire and give me a number, give me a number, I would say anything over a hundred thousand starts making sense. So Okay, good. Excellent. Alan, please tell us how we can learn more and find out more about cost segregation and your services. I know you have calculators on your website. Tell us where we can uh, find you. Sure. You can reach us by phone at 786-592-2476 or our website, which is cashflow179.com. That's cashflow. 179.com. I assume that the 179 is a reference to the IRS tax code section 179, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We increase your cash flow using section 179. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. That's cute. So cashflow179.com and that's yeah. about it. Any final comments? No, I want to thank you very much. I hope that this has enlightened your listeners and they take advantage of this great process so that they can continue on their quest. Excellent. Alan, thank you so much for your time. We'll put everything in the show notes and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Take care. hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. 
nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.